0: Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman and this is episode 28 of the quarantine edition of my show. So for anyone who knows what's going on here in Alberta, we're likely to get more restrictions later today. So it might legitimately be another quarantine edition of the show. We'll see what kind of measures get put in. I don't want to speak before anything is officially announced, but I certainly have my pessimism as far as the as far as what's going to happen, just because the case numbers in Alberta have been kind of crazy over the last three days, where they have skyrocketed to around 1,500 daily new cases which of course has led to the active cases in Alberta being higher than any other province, which is not good. So, that's not great, but I do have a lot of sports content, which is, you know, fun for the most part. Maybe not my first segment, but I do have (laughs) NBA off-season stuff I want to talk about. Draft concluded last week. Free agency is... You know, the dust is starting to settle a little bit. And I will also talk about NFL Week 11, but this week I'm starting with a segment that I wish I wouldn't start with, but here we go. So I'm starting with my team, the Philadelphia Eagles today, because normally I've just had them in my NFL segment. But things have gotten real dire for this team and I am making the Eagles be their own segment as opposed to the rest of the NFL that I'll get to a little bit later in the show. Okay, so, where are we Where are we right now with the Eagles? Well, the answer is nowhere good, because somehow, in spite of the fact that it's pretty obvious the Philadelphia Eagles are a pretty terrible football team, they're still in first place in the NFC East. If you're wondering how that's possible, it's a good question, because to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> the NFC East is so bad that somehow Philadelphia is still in first place, and it's kind of tough to explain why. And just to give a little context, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take... Because the Eagles are 3-6-1 and one on the season. Three wins, six losses, and a tie. Yeah, the tie is kind of weird, but... They're first place in the NFC East, but this is where they would be in every other division. So in the NFC West, they would be last place. In the NFC North, they would be last place. In the NFC South, they would be just barely ahead of the Falcons by half a game. In the AFC East, they would be only ahead of the Jets, which is not good. In the AFC West, they would be half a game ahead of the Chargers. In the AFC North, they would only be better than the Bengals. And in the AFC South, they would only slightly be better than Houston, and they would be a little bit better than Jacksonville. So that's what we're talking about here. In every other division, the Eagles would either be last or pretty close to last. And they're still first because the Giants are 3-7, the football team is 3-7, and and the Cowboys are 3-7. That is the state of the NFC East, but that doesn't explain how bad Philadelphia is. So, I'll start first with how they kind of got into this position, because it wasn't that long ago that I was, you know, jumping up and down and playing We Are the Champions on my show about the Super Bowl win in 2018. And so, how has it gone so wrong from there? Well, it's kind of a long answer. So... The first thing is age right you know in the NFL especially you're net it's hard to keep teams for longer than like a year or two type of thing and Philadelphia some of their core players have certainly gotten up there in age and aren't as productive as they used to be I'm looking specifically obviously Jason Peters he's without a doubt I think a Hall of Famer but he has certainly taken a lot of steps backwards over the last couple seasons Brandon Graham is not the player he was during the uh, Super Bowl season. And Fletcher Cox is still a good player, but he's not the player he was just a couple of seasons ago when he was an All-Pro. So that's one reason. Uh, the other reason, the other big one, I should say, is obviously injuries. Philadelphia seems to have been hit by the injury bug really badly. My, my uh, conspiracy theory about this is, is that the Eagles sold their soul for the Super Bowl and in exchange they have to suffer all the injuries. That's my conspiracy that's my conspiracy theory, because it, it seems a little surreal when I think about the amount of injuries Philadelphia has had. because in the season following the Super Bowl win, the entire secondary got injured and we were playing like fifth and sixth ring cornerbacks. And then last season, obviously the entire wide receiver, group got injured and we were playing with you know fifth and sixth wide receiver groups and guys off the practice squad and this year it's been just the team so as far as notable players anyway Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, um, Jason Kelsey and then Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks Andre Dillard, Jason Peters, Isaac Suomalo, that's the entire offensive line, by the way, Javon Hargrave, and Avante Maddox. 14 players on this Eagles team, 14 important players, have either been injured for a significant time or have played through injury. And that's not including everybody, like there are other players that have suffered minor injuries, but it hasn't really impacted them too much, but that's 14 players Heavily impacted by injury, right there. And that's this season, which isn't over yet, by the way. But, it's uh, I mean, that's insane. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And then, obviously, you have a few other reasons. You know, Frank Reich, and I hear this a lot from Eagles fans, and it, I don't, hmm, I struggle with this, because Frank Reich was undeniably important to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl because he was the offensive coordinator and he helped Doug Peterson but I want you to but there's a lot of Eagles fans who seem to think that Frank Reich was this god coach and for some reason that you know Philadelphia is completely inept without him and you know it's all because Frank Reich is really good and all that and it's like well he went to be coach of the Colts And granted, I'll give you Indianapolis has never had a terrific offensive roster. But for anybody who watched that game this past week, and I'll talk more about this game, like I said, a little bit later, but the Colts and the Packers, there was some terrible coaching decisions down the stretch. Frank Reich did a terrible job, and he got lucky that Green Bay decided to fumble their way out of the game. And so, if Eagles fans really think that that guy, Frank Reich, it would be the solution to all the problems. He's he wouldn't be. Did he like? Did losing Frank Reich hurt the offense? Yes. But was it you know? Is it the sole reason why everything sucks? No. I mean you know it doesn't. It doesn't help that he left. Right. Obviously you you want to keep coaching staffs intact as much as possible but Frank Reich leaving is not the reason Philadelphia is as bad as they are. And anyone who thinks that, I think, is vastly incorrect and really doesn't appreciate what Doug Peterson did the last couple seasons, even without Frank Reich. But Jim Schwartz is Speaking of coordinators, Jim, Schw- Jim Schwartz's defense is really bad, and that's a big reason Philadelphia has struggled. And then there's the Carson Wentz thing. So... I've struggled with this all week because watching the Eagles lose to Cleveland and watching them lose to the Giants and watching them just barely beat Dallas and watching them the week before that just barely beat the Giants. It is tough seeing Carson Wentz be this bad because Wentz has actually, you know, been pretty good in his career. If you go look at the way he's played in every season until this season, he's actually not been too bad. And especially last season, last season he threw for 4000 yards and he was the first quarterback to ever throw for 4000 yards without having a single wide receiver over 500 yards, which means he was he was thrown to nobody and he was still able to get the team, you know, to the playoffs and was still able to have a very good season. But this year, and I get it, injuries are part of this, but this isn't the only reason. Wentz is just, his decision-making, granted, has never been spectacular. And I've always known that, you know, just watching Wentz every single week, is that his decision-making has never been on par with, you know, the other elite guys in the NFL. Your Tom Brady's, your Patrick Mahomes, your Russell Wilson's. It's never been that good. But it seems to be infinitely worse this year than most years. And he just hangs on to the pulse so long. And I don't know. In a normal circumstance, I would think about moving on from Wentz because I believe in the coaching staff more than I believe in the quarterback. But with Wentz's co- contract situation, I don't think that's really feasible. And I don't think benching him is the right solution either because I have seen a lot of Eagles fans talk about, oh, we should put in Jalen Hurts. It's like, well, no. Jalen Hurts has looked very flustered in the few times he's actually gotten snaps and he's a rookie with no preseason snaps. And so if you throw Jalen Hurts in there, he's just going to get killed by that offensive line that's super injured. and can't block anybody. I I don't think Hurts putting in Hurts is the right solution because I don't think it is maybe next year that becomes an option. But for right now, I think you have to write it out with Wentz. Whether you, whether Eagles fans like it or not, he's kind of the guy right now. But anyway, that's the bad. And then here's the, you know, solution time. I'm putting on my general manager cap for a second because the Eagles, regardless of whether or not they actually make the playoffs this year, and if they do somehow, they, this doesn't change the plan this offseason. Or at least it shouldn't. The plan this offseason should be to reload slash rebuild the team. And I don't know if you need to do a full-scale rebuild, but you're getting there. So I'll go position by position here. So starting at quarterback, like I said, Carson Wentz, I think, has to stay because of his contract. You know, you kind of can't get out of it right now. Next year, if Wentz continues to play badly, you can probably bench him for Jalen Hurts. But for right now... I think you have to write it out with Wentz and hope he finds a way to just mentally bounce back because it feels like it's in his head right now. Running back, I guess Miles Sanders can stay. He's still on his rookie deal, but he's got to stop fumbling. That was so frustrating. He fumbled at like the four-yard line against Cleveland. Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham, in my opinion, are the only two wide receivers who should stay on this roster. Everyone else can just leave, to be honest. I don't really want anyone else. And just rebuild the wide receiver position. At tight end, Dallas Goddard, again, can probably stay because he's on a cheap rookie contract. But Zach Ertz, I think, is one that is a player that I really like, but probably needs to move on from the team. Offensive line, Dillard because he's coming back from injury. Brooks because he's coming back from injury. And Lane Johnson because he's played the whole year hurt. I think those three can stay. And otherwise. I think it's time to let young players get a chance. Jason Kelsey maybe for one more season. But he has not been that great this season. His snaps have been really bad for, you know, and most of his career it's been really good. But I think age is catching up to him as well. Defensive line, Fletcher Cox can stay. Brandon Graham, I guess so. And Javon Hargrave for contract reasons. And Josh Sweat. He's actually been pretty good this year. Otherwise, I would probably try and rebuild the defensive line. Linebackers, I don't want to see a single one of those guys on the team next year, apart from maybe Singleton, just because he does special team stuff. Cornerback, Darius Slay can stay and everyone else can leave. Safety, I would let all of them go. I don't really care if they bring any of them back. And then keep the special teams guys. Uh, Keep Doug Peterson, because calling for his firing, I think, is stupid. And fire Jim Schwartz, because I think that's been long overdue, and the defense has been terrible since the Super Bowl year. And there we go. There's my solution. So that's my little segment about the Eagles. On to NFL Week 11. So I'll try to make this a little bit quicker this week. The Thursday night game was really important, though. Seahawks and Cardinals, very close game. Seattle won 28-21. Russell Wilson with a very nice bounce-back game after the poor performance against the LA Rams, the Cardinals, I think Kyler Murray that shoulder was kind of bothering him in the game and I think that hurt the Cardinal offense in this one cuz Seattle got quite a few stops in the second half and that's not usually their MO, but I think Seattle or sorry, I think uh, Arizona is still in a good position but certainly a little bit concerning with that shoulder of Kyler's in the Thursday night game. Titans and Ravens was a rematch of the AFC Championship. Uh, yeah, the AFC Championship. No, sorry. Excuse me. AFC Divisional Round. That's what I meant to say. AFC Divisional Round game. And once again, Derrick Henry seems to own the Baltimore Ravens franchise because he had the game winning 29 yard rushing touchdown and Tennessee won in overtime 30 to 24. The Ravens again. Could not win a big game. Lamar Jackson and the offense had two chances to win the game. They failed twice. And Baltimore is in a bad spot right now. They got a big game on Thursday for Thanksgiving against Pittsburgh. And if they lose that game, they're probably going to have to win out the rest of the way. Lions and Panthers. I was a little surprised to see Detroit got shut out 20 to nothing. But. Detroit basically went in there with zero offensive players because they were all hurt or COVID. And Carolina, despite not having Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, who was a former XFL quarterback, he actually played, you know, he played okay. And Carolina won pretty comfortably. The Eagles game. Yeah. Cleveland. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Cleveland, I guess. Cleveland, it wasn't pretty, but they found a way to win through defense. And that's been pretty much them the whole season. And we'll see if that can work in the playoffs. I have my doubts, but I guess we'll see. Patriots and Texans. Deshaun Watson played really well. Houston won. New England is... If you didn't think New England was already out of the playoff race, they are now. Packers and Colts. I talked a little, about the... a little bit about this game earlier. And, you know, the Colts are really close to being a good team, I think. But Phillip Rivers lets them down a lot. That offense struggles quite a bit. And Green Bay's implosion in the second half certainly didn't help them. But that Colts defense, very, very good. Steelers blew out the Jaguars. Jacksonville seems to be tanking for a quarterback. And Pittsburgh is now 10-0. Credit to them. Atlanta lost 24-9. New Orleans won with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback with Drew Brees out with injury, the Saints I think did really well to be efficient and just make sure they didn't make too many mistakes. And Atlanta, it's really struggled. But that Saints defense, they're looking very good here over the last couple of weeks. And then this next game, oh man, Washington beat Cincinnati twenty to nine, but nobody cares about this. Game. Nobody cares about the result because Joe Burrow. The Bengals quarterback, the number one overall pick, suffered a torn ACL, torn MCL, damage to the PCL, damage to the meniscus, according to Adam Scheffner of ESPN. And if you're, yeah, oh man, I just feel awful for Joe Burrow. Because Cincinnati's offensive line has been terrible all season long. He's, Joe Burrow's been hit more than any other quarterback in the NFL. He's been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And the Bengals' offensive line literally got him killed. That, like, th- This knee injury sounds so similar to the one that RG3, Robert Griffin III, suffered. But after his like terrific rookie season um, in the playoff game for Washington, that's so many years ago, and I hope Joe Burrow can come back and be the same player he is, but I don't think that's a guarantee, so, my thoughts go to Joe Burrow, I wish him the speediest of recoveries, because I know what it's like to tear an ACL and it's not fun. Cowboys and Vikings was one of the surprise games of the week. Dallas won 31-28. Andy Dalton actually played alright in this one. I'll give him some credit. Minnesota played pretty much like the team they have most of the season, which is not very good. And, you know, Dallas's defense wasn't completely awful, so credit to the Cowboys. Dolphins and Broncos. This game finished 20-13, another surprise Of the week Miami just could not get anything going offensively it was such a struggle Tua got benched he'll I guess start next week but not a good sign for Miami who's now on the outside looking in in the AFC playoff race the Chargers just barely hung on to beat the Jets because the Chargers in typical LA Charger fashion got out to a huge lead and then almost blew it because you know they're facing the Jets and that's pretty much the only reason why they won And then the Sunday nighter was Chiefs Raiders. This was a fantastic football game. I think Vegas played really well. And we're probably a little unlucky to lose this one. But you gave Patrick Mahomes a little too much time on the clock. Nelson Aguilar of the Raiders, former Eagles wide receiver. He had two huge drops in this game. And, well, can't say. we didn't tell you Raiders fans. Aguilar is known to drop passes in big moments. So. And then finally the Monday night game. So this took place yesterday. Rams and Buccaneers came down to the wire, but Tom Brady threw two interceptions at two very costly moments, and the Rams win 27-24. I have a couple takeaways from this game. The first one: the LA Rams defense has won me over. They have since the Buffalo game in September, they have been exceptional. They stifled Russell Wilson Like stifle Tom Brady, and I know the Miami game was a loss for the Rams, but that wasn't because of the defense, that was because Jared Goff decided to turn it over a whole bunch. You know, like, I've been down on the Rams a lot this season, but they've impressed me. They've won me over. The Rams are a good team, and their defense is more than good enough to win the Super Bowl. The problem with the Rams is that Jared Goff is the clear and obvious weakness. And if Goff doesn't... If Goff turns the ball over, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. If Goff can just manage the game and not lose it for his team, they got a chance. Tampa Bay, meanwhile, another loss under the lights in primetime. They get another crack at a big game against Kansas City this upcoming week, which I can't wait to, to watch. But Tampa Bay... I don't know. I feel like there's still a little bit of a contrasting styles thing where Bruce Arians and Brian Lefwich seem intent on ruining offensive rhythm by throwing deep down the field when it doesn't make sense and Tom Brady I think would rather do short intermediate stuff but I don't know I think Tampa Bay still has some figuring out to do their defense clamped down a little bit in the second half which was nice to see but certainly they have been exploited a little bit over the last few weeks for some of their inefficiencies and offensively you know when it's on it's on and Tampa looks great but other times they really don't look that good I think Ali Marpat is actually way more important to this team than once thought because they're missing his protection in the interior of the offensive line to not only help protect Tom Brady but also get the run game going okay That's it for my NFL stuff quickly on to some NBA offseason and so there's kind of too many like free agency draft stuff to go through all at once so I'm just going to do winners and losers today so winners for my NBA free agency well the LA Lakers the LA Lakers are the defending champions and they added Marc Gasol for a pretty cheap contract. They traded for Dennis Schroeder, which I think is a nice Rajon Rondo replacement, although losing Rondo still kind of sucks. And they re-signed Caldwell Pope, so they're bringing him back. And, you know, they lost Dwight Howard and Javel McGee, but Gasol should more than make up for that. And so the Lakers have a pretty good team. I think their team might be slightly better than it maybe was a year ago. The only thing left for the Lakers to do is to re-sign Anthony Davis to... A unspecified amount of money because Davis has to decide how much he wants Uh, whether it's basically whether or not he wants a one-year contract or if he wants a max contract a five-year contract and so that will determine how much money he makes my next winner is the Dallas Mavericks they obviously lost Seth Curry in the trade but they got Richardson back and Richardson I think is a fantastic fit for this team because Richardson can play really good defense. And he might not have the offensive touch and certainly not the shooting ability that Seth Curry has. But this guy can still, you know, score points offensively. And the Mavericks were so bad on defense last year, they needed defensive help. Richardson's a big ad. They also got, they also drafted Josh Green in the draft, who should be a nice developmental 3D player for them. And they got Tyrell Terry who, according to a lot of you know draft experts, they think he could be the next Seth Curry just because he has a fantastic shooting touch himself, a little bit smaller guard, not great on defense type of thing. So similar to Seth Curry. The Mavericks, I think, overall, their team is looking quite a bit better, in my opinion, than it was a season ago, assuming they get proper health out of Kristaps Porzingis. The Atlanta Hawks are my next winner. They added... Two big signings in Rajon Rondo and Danilo Gallinari. Atlanta looks like a playoff team to me. I don't think they're going to be higher than like the 7th seed or the 8th seed in the East, but Atlanta looks like a playoff team. The Sixers are my last winner because they got rid of the Al Horford contract, which is big. Danny Green might not be the player he was a few years ago, but is a better fit for this roster. And Seth Curry will help give spacing for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So, nice job by Daryl Morey. On the losing side of things, I have the Boston Celtics, who lost Gordon Hayward for nothing to Charlotte. And I granted, you know, Hayward's making way too much money, but Boston just lost a pretty good player for nothing. And their team is undeniably worse now than it was going into free agency. The Raptors lost Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol. They made a couple of signings. They got Baines from Phoenix who they signed, and they re-signed Boucher, but it's not enough to me. I think the Raptors have definitely taken a step back this offseason. Signing Fred VanVleet was good, though. The Houston Rockets, mostly because of the James Harden-Russell Westbrook thing. They're also in my loser category. And my last team is the Golden State Warriors. Now, normally I wouldn't have put them here, but Golden State are uh, an offseason loser, not because of anything they did, but because of what happened to Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson tore his Achilles just you know a little over a year after he tore his ACL. And speaking as someone who's torn the ACL in both of his knees and has had surgery on both, I am so heartbroken for Clay Thompson because I know what it's like to go through the ACL rehab. It sucks, and. I couldn't imagine if I suffered another injury after I was done the ACL rehab, man, like, I just, it's tough, like, you know, it, it is really tough. And so my heart goes out to Clay Thompson. I wish him a speedy recovery. I hope, I really, really hope he can be the player he was prior to injury. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got for today. I want to thank everyone for listening in. And once again, to everybody out there, please, please, please wear a mask, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.